Hey everyone. Hello. Um, so welcome to Tribe Talk Live. <clears throat> Today I have a, a very special friend um, and colleague who's joining us today. We're going to have some fun uh, talking about mindset and, uh, and we're going to cover many topics around that today. And if we have time and if the conversation leads us into it, we're even going to do something interactive for you guys. Um, so let, before we get started, just a few little reminders. Um, first of all, again, I want to say I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're hanging out with us today um, because we don't have to be isolated, right? We can be together like this. We can, you know, have conversation and we're always making time to do Q&A at the end because we want to be able to answer any questions that you might have. Um, but before we get started, if you're not already on mute, go ahead and mute yourself so that if your dog starts barking or the lawnmower starts going outside your window or something like that, that it's not um, taking over the conversation. All right, and go ahead and pop in and say hello. We totally want to hear where you're from. You know, give us a like, make a comment. We love you, we're here from you. Hi, Annette, hi, Veronica. Okay, so let's get started. Um, I wanna tell you about a little bit about Dr. Mick Mahan. He is out of Houston, Texas, and I had the pleasure of meeting him and his lovely wife, uh, I don't know, I think it was maybe been almost two years ago. And um, and I've, I got to learn very quickly from Mick as we would have discussions that he would bring to my awareness certain things that I was saying, um, certain words that I was using that um, may have not been benefiting me. And I, I was able to pick up immediately what he was trying to teach me because I've done a lot of self-work over the years um, to pull myself out of the states of massive anxiety and depression and suicide ideation that I once was in and my life was not in a good place at that point in time it took a lot of work that's why those of you who know me know that you know while we do work with chronic diseases and lyme disease and all of these really difficult complex cases that um, brain issues mental health neurodegenerative issues is my favorite thing i want to pull everybody i can out of that rabbit hole and show them that they can heal that there are answers and there are solutions and one of the big things that I had to do to get, you know, to be successful in my journey was I had to rewire my brain and I had to learn how to think differently. And it was so hard because I was stuck in where I was with the mind racing and the thoughts. And it was so hard, but just like working out a muscle, I, I started working out my brain muscle and I was able to pull myself out of that and make some changes and there's still changes that I can still make and so Mick was uh, you know graced me with a lot of his knowledge and and still to this day whenever we have a conversation he's still helping me tweak and 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 improve upon the way that I think and the way that I communicate in the words that I use because it's those things that were a huge part of helping me to change my life. It is a uh, simple, um, 
solution, but a very, uh, it seems like, you know, it's, it's been a secret for a lot of people that they don't understand how powerful that their mindset and their words are. So welcome, Dr. Mick. I'm so glad to have you here today. I love you so much. And I think that, you know, more now than ever, people need to hear what you have to say. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you very much for the invite. I love being here. Um, this is my favorite thing to do wake people up to the power of their words, choices, and their feelings. So before we get into that, I'm just gonna ask everyone, hey, we're not in any type of right and wrong, we're not in any type of religion, okay? Whatever name you have for big love and security, you use that name, okay? I'm not here to enroll you in anything other than the idea that we've all been given a gift called co-creation. And everything that I'm going to give to you today, I base it out of the Bible, and I look at it as a universal laws. Looking at the Bible is, hey, what if it's a physics book? Okay, what if there's just laws in there for me that I can wake up to, that I can remember? So the cool thing today is, is we're not learning anything here. We're just in a process of remembering who we really are. And I'm basing that why We're made in the image of God. So we live in the universe, the one speak, right? God spoke it into, into existence. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So this is uh, words become flesh. Let the weak man say, I am strong. I'm not trying to overload you here, but just, just take it in. There's these universal laws are everywhere. And today we're just, uh, we're just observers. Um, and we're just going on a little pony ride here. And we're going to observe some things and see what it wakes up inside us. <clears throat> and God's real clear. It says, I'm going to be justified or condemned by one thing. It's just my words. It's not my actions. No, it's what I said. Wow. So I believe language is very important. And it's also a code for what is operating. Cool. And, I, and I give the example of learn versus remember. Do you remember when you learned how to ride a bicycle? Everyone, there's yeah. someone. I never did it. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, it's it's a good one because it's going to help you out in a lot of analogies in life. So when you, if you haven't ridden a bicycle in ten years, you get on a bicycle. Are you going back through what you learned? No, you're going back through what you feel. It's all memory inside us, and this is the same with our love and our choices and what's going on with the planet and all these things. And and the first thing I'll say about this is. Um, I also teach and speak about something called sacred body language. And it's the idea that when the body gets a signal, whether it's dis-ease or something like that, it's translatable back to our feelings and typically some judgments we made about life. It can show up in our bodies. Has everyone here loved all their experiences on the planet? All right. So <laughs> raise your hand if you've loved all your experiences. No, it's okay. And we can wake up to these. And love is the force that moves things. And language can tell us what's operating and what we love. And first of all, we just make that okay. Take a breath. That if you catch them yourself in some of these patterns, it's okay. You picked it up along the way. It's what they gave you. Okay? Not as a victim, but hey, I picked up on what they gave me. I borrowed it. I used it. I believed in all that stuff. OK, 
Okay, so as we just remember in our bicycle today, that's who we really are. There's a big us inside of us. You know, and I'm coming from a standpoint, God inside me right now, not out there somewhere or in the sky. Okay, hear me inside me now. Loving me just the way me is. I know the language sounds a little funny, but it's direct. And I'm, that's why I'm, I say it though. It sounds like a three-year-old. Huh. Three-year-olds know how to express. Cool. All right. So just language. The idea is that every word I say is a prayer coming into manifestation. And my point on the, on the COVID-19 is, what does it affect? It affects the lungs. Ah, so this is being pushed up and out because people are waking up to what? Their lungs are about what? Their inspiration. People are waking up to their big inspiration. Some of you already, right? Have you had to make some changes in how you do business lately? Right, you're waking up to what? Hey, what new thing could I author? What could I make here? Because there's a lot of questioning going on and what questions we ask very important, and I'm coming from the idea that God answers every single question I've ever asked, okay? God, why does my life suck so much? Well, here's your answers. Oh, I even have memories of why my life sucks, right? So that we can ask these questions, God's going to bring us the answers. So I can make a new question, is, hmm, or even a new decree. How can this be? How is this all for me, God? Can you show me? Well, how is this for me? I know this is for me and not against me. Can you help me? Angels help me see here how this is for me. And you'll start getting those answers. You guys with me on that? Is it that simple? I believe it is. What questions are we asking in the time of questioning? And we'll start getting those answers. And then what happens? We, we put our mustard seed of faith in it. And it starts to grow and grace comes as we just love it and make it okay and forgive it all for what's going on right now. And you know, who's blaming this and that it's okay. This is for me. I don't know all the facts of how it's for me right now. I choose to know instead of, I don't know. That's a big upgrade. I choose to know brings you an answer. I don't know. leaves me in a state of no answer. And it's very important. It's okay if you've, uh, if you've been complaining lately. Forgive yourself, <laughs> complaining. And it's very important physiologically because complaints change literally our chemistry of everything we know. It changes our chemistry of knowing. It changes our chemistry of intuition. Pituitary, pituitary, right? It spits out. And what we say just determines what the pituitary is going to put out. Is it putting out the chemistry of my survival? Or is it putting out the chemistry of my thriving? And this is where language and consciousness and choice comes in and how it affects me in the body. Because anything that has happened to me in my life that I still hate, whether I'm aware or not, that still creates, can be embodied inside me and shows up as a disease or a signal, a pain something and these things are interpretable and they, they make incredible sense to me and you you and everybody here is in health you, you pick it up so quick 
and it just generates a question. It's never saying what is, it just generates questions for me and for you. May not be it. Rarely. <laughs> or someone just, hey, choosing not to play. Ask you a question with us as practitioners because we see how a person's thoughts play into this disease or disease that you talk about and it can be really challenging for a person to get out of that place of constant negativity and an issue like this COVID issue can really drive someone further and deeper into that spiral or that downward spiral how does someone begin to to change their mindset and change the way they look at the situation that we're all going through beautiful um great question because yeah hey now's the time things come up things are coming up and it's a beautiful time and they're they're up they're not up because they're wrong they're up for resurrection that's what they're coming up for they're up to be touched with love one drop and have it transformed so my first tool when somebody's got this got it going right the machine's going and the fear's going and this everything's wrong everything's in judgment of right or wrong black white hot cold negative positive all right win lose when they get into that stuff and it's codependent they're basically basing all their inner on what's happening on the outer so yeah if there's codependence going on in your life it's showing up right now so the cool thing is we come out of that we just Get back to what I call a zero charge. Let's get back, let's, let's just get it in neutral, which is a, a slowing down process. Just a little bit of me too, and I slow down as coach and say, hey, let's, let's take a couple breaths and let's hang on to some things of what's true right now. True is what? I'm okay. And really what? Everything's going to be okay. That's what's true. And it's okay, there's some weird stuff going on right now. I don't understand it all, I choose to know, I choose to understand. And could this be for me? Just the possibility that there could be a blessing out of this changes everything. Just the possibility. Oh, okay, well, it's not like the news says. Well, you get to choose. If you believe what the news, then it's like what the news says. If it's uh, no, true, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to my consciousness. What's true? My mustard seed of what's true. God is inside me right now. God can handle all this. This means I can handle it. I can do all things through Christ and strengthens me inside me. And this is where we are bring our Christ self, our anointed self. Big me knows this was coming. Big me knows how to handle this. So we're just moving from come out of, into a zero charge, and that may be a little bit of work, a little bit of coaching, a little facilitation. But we can always trace it back to early on when, you know, they gave us the idea of, hey, if, if you're happy, I'm happy. And it sounds so nice. And it leads to death. <laughs> it's a path that seems right but leads to death. And we, we have these, you know, I had codependent relationship with my wife for a long time. And, um, you know, wake up in the morning to determine my day based on what's going on with her. 
That's I give all my power away. People who give all their power away tend to be a little pissed off. Yeah, we see. Everybody, we see everybody's that smiling. Time. Time. Yeah, <laughs> talk yeah. a little bit about that. About about you personally. When did you see or experience this big shift for yourself? And and what kind of changes did that bring on for you in your life? It, I put a deep call in on my inner. I called out for real. This time. Okay, so okay. let me back up for a minute because. You do talk on a level that's way up here, Mick. Just slow it down. And we just have, yeah. And so we have to remember that, like that statement, a lot of people, I understand what you're saying, but a lot of people are not going to understand that. So let's just make it super easy for everybody to understand. Okay. I'll just, I'll share with you then what happened. So my wife, we've had a long history of kidney um, failure and dialysis and now two transplants. So we're in the middle of the, First kidney transplant she received, she um, did well with it for seven years, and then it really went south on us pretty fast. I wasn't ready for that. I'd had a nice long seven years, almost of like, oh yeah, I remember that kidney thing. And um, she wanted, the, the idea was, okay, it's coming into rejection, and we're gonna try to time a transplant before she has to go on dialysis or doing those things. And none of that worked out. She had to go, uh, she was in the hospital and then she was doing dialysis. And then she was every week, Monday through Friday, she was in the hospital, they let her go home. And then she, we were back in there Monday. This happened seven weeks in a row. You can still hear me about it up there. I'm still a little charged about it. And I, I remember I was like, wow, man, I just couldn't handle it. And uh, I was freaking out on my inside. And I was in my office and doctors, practitioners, you know this one, I was putting on a show. I was putting on an act for people, acting like I'm everything's okay. And on the inside, I'm really, really thinking about leaving the planet. It's time to go. This place is too much for me. That's what I, that's the thoughts I was having. And it was getting more and more intense. And I had a buddy of mine call me and he asked or he texted me and he said, hey, uh, you're on my heart. How can I pray for you? And in the past, what did I do? I always said, pray for Tracy. She's the one that's sick. And I would always leave me out of it because I'm some big, strong dude and I don't need any of that stuff. Yeah. And um, for the first time, it just hit me right there. I was answering the text. I'm praying for wisdom. And I know if I don't get it, I'm out of here. Was not in a threat. Was it threatening God in any way? But it was I knew it. I cry out for wisdom, and two days later, it came in the form of consciousness, where a guy said some pretty wild things to me. I'm standing in my office. I'm high volume. I'm practicing full of people. I'm putting on my show. And Tracy's in the hospital, and this guy had been under care in my office for two weeks. He just boldly stepped to me and he said hey because i'd been making a lot of jokes and most of them sarcastic and he said uh you know sarcasm means to tear the flesh and he said it in a way he wasn't making me wrong he was uh because anybody tried to make me wrong in that state oh my god watch out and <laughs> um i knew he was right and i was like yeah that's true 
And he goes, yeah, more than half of what you say is in the not. What? I'll explain that in a second. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? He goes, you know, it comes from the place that isn't. <laughs> what? What does that mean? He goes, you know, fear, anger, pain. And I was like, oh, and I just could take a breath for a second. I said, you know how to get rid of it. And he goes, yes. Of course, that's not a concept. There's no, it's a, he was just playing along with me. Yes, I know how to get rid of it. And that started me in my journey to find out, wow, what was coming out of my mouth. And typically what is spoken in the knot is a description of just what is hated. I was hating life. I was leaving it. And my language was showing that. And he could understand it. You know, and, and we, we get examples of that too. Like, hey, how's your marriage going? We're not getting a divorce. Like, you, know, you can tell there's an issue there. Right? They're just describing what they hate. So they hate divorce, so they're staying married. I know that pattern. It's wrong to get a divorce, so I'll stay. We're not getting it. Instead of waking up to my divine partner, uh, my divine choice and partner, and, you know, I love my wife. I love my partnership. That's what's true. Versus, well, we're not getting a divorce. She's not dead. So what is not is spoken from the un or the unconscious. And nots are just one of the tools I use um, to discover areas that maybe we have some uh, hate about. And first of all, it's not wrong to hate. Is it wrong to hate? No, it's a legitimate human feeling. It's what we do with our hate is the key. This is where we have full power and choice. So if I express my hate, I lose my power. If I bring my hate in and just take a breath for a second, it's like, okay, I'm feeling some hate on this topic. Just feel it. I hate it. And we're going to trace it back to love. Huh. Why do we hate child molesters so much? What's really true? Love, I love children. I protect children. That's what, that's what my heart's a full yes for. And somebody that's operating in that is unconscious of that right now. So very good. So when somebody's running hot, we just we got to slow it down for a minute because the illusion's always going 100 miles an hour. It, the last thing I would ever choose is for you to slow down and take and take a step and take a breath and look at this and take the charge off. It's always got you running hot. Go go go! It's gonna be, you got to do this. Got to do that. It's an illusion. Your heart's really a no for all of it. Your heart's a yes for ease and peace and creativity and love and joy and loving what cannot be loved.
Dr. Mick, you mentioned something earlier, a phrase that really stuck out to me. And, and you said giving your power away. Kind of explain what that means to people listening and, and why that's something you don't want to do, giving your power away. How does one do that and why should we avoid doing that? Right. So that's so what we don't want to do is give our power. So what we would do is we, I keep my power. So, and the, so I use anger as a very good example. Expression of anger. Hey, you so-and-so, right? I've, I've made a judgment on them. I've made them wrong. Um, I reacted in my anger. And I've given, so is, is God operating in any of that? Is God operating in any type of anger? No. No. Is God going to get you? You'd have done been God. Wait, <laughs> if God was going to get you, he'd have got you. He's just not in the gotcha business. Okay, so I'm operating outside of love or I'm just I'm operating in little me. So I'm on little me power. I'm running the show. I'm trying to control. I'm trying to make another person wrong. I'm letting them know I don't, I feel angry and maybe they should, no, they should just do some action for me. They should be my slave now and make some action to make me feel different on the internet. So what do I do with my anger? I choose to feel it. I feel, okay, I'm angry about this situation. All right, cool. So anger has a two-part resurrection. And this is our biggest tools of what feelings resurrect into. Okay, so somebody who's running hot, they're not aware of any of this stuff yet. We just got to get back to zero. And then we can start tracing where some of this stuff comes from. Have new memory about it. And make a new choice about it. That's a process of feeling something completely, touching it with love, and then expressing it. This is, that's a healing. That's a resurrection. And so, and so something that I think about whenever you're saying this, um, and I'll just like use some, you know, some different words, um, is that, um, and I'll use me as an example you know, from memories that I have, from things that happened in my life, um, there are certain things that in my present day, um, in, you know, this doesn't happen to me really now or when it, you know, actually when it does happen, I'm more aware of it. But like, so certain things can trigger, right? So like, for those of you listening, actually, I'm going to use something that real that I've been working through um, to kind of help you understand this concept. So back when I got sick um, many years ago, um, I got sick very quickly and I, I ended up with um, severe, as I mentioned earlier, severe anxiety, panic attacks, depression, and suicide ideation. But um, I also ended up with these different neurodegenerative disease type symptoms and a lot of other physical symptoms. I mean, my body was just going downhill really, really quickly. And this all was happening right around the time of the 2008 crash. Like it was dude, like everything. It was like the perfect storm. Just all this stuff was happening. There were so many other things that happened too. My father committed suicide during that time. Just a whole bunch of stuff. And so 
it was about, what was it? My team is here with me. They can help me. The time goes so fast. I think it was like a week ago. I expressed to my team, I am having anxiety. I woke up this morning and I'm having this anxiety. And I pulled in and just started thinking like, okay, where are these feelings coming from? Because it, it, it felt so familiar. Like I started feeling not just anxiety, but like little bitty glimmers of past experiences like hopelessness and I don't have control and things are going down and, and, and there's all these things that might happen and, and I don't know exactly what's coming and in all, you know, just a combination of you know, the same things that I experienced many years ago. And so I just sat with it for a minute. I just sat with it. And, um, and then I ended up calling one of, the, one of the awesome coaches on our team who's not here with us right now because I think she's actually busy with clients. And she helped me to find where this trigger, where this past memory was actually really coming from. And I thought it was from the 2008 crash, right? Because that's what I could think on a conscious level. Like I thought it was that, but you know what it really turned out to be? It turned out to be something that happened to me when I was around 15, 16 years old. So I had the trigger way before I even realized on a conscious level that I had that trigger. And once I was able to go back and, 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 um, clear that memory out and there's a lot of different methodologies and a lot of different terms and so mick forgive me if i don't use the right term but i'm just using well, i'm forgiving you yeah. i have the power yeah. to forgive you yes so, power away so so like you know i was able to clear that out and disconnect from that which was holding me back and causing the triggers that i had last week and immediately I was able to come back into a piece of calm, right? I was able to ground myself and know that, you know, my higher power, you know, our, whatever you, just like Mick said, whatever you want to call him, all right, or her or it or whatever, I knew that my higher power, you know, already has the answers and I needed to remember to live in the now, not watch but poison myself with all of the things on television and on social media and just step back in prayer and meditation or whatever it is that you want to call it, right? Step back and come within myself and know that, you know what? We are so powerful and we have control over the now. And if we just stay in the now, then that, that is what is going to serve us. And to have that faith, you know, the faith of a mustard seed, or you can call it believe a little more than you don't. You can call it whatever you want, but just come back and know that, you know what, I'm going to do what I can now so that, you know, because I understand that the thoughts and the choices I make right now in this second will have a consequence in the future. And a consequence can be like a good thing or it can be like a bad thing. And so I'm focused on the now so that when I get to tomorrow and I get to the next day and I start experiencing the, um, you know, the after effects of my thoughts and my actions that it's gonna be going in a positive direction. And so I feel like, you know, what Mick is saying is, is that, um, you know, 
what Mick is saying, you know, brought that to mind. And, and I just wanted to use that as a, like a personal experience to show you how I was dealing with my anxiety when I started having it, because when it came, it was, it was bad. Like I was feeling it. I was like, Whoa, like, Oh my gosh, where did this come from? I've done way too much work to have this come back and affect me. And so, you know, and I knew right away also just to reach out and ask for some help so that I could, you know, figure out how to address that. Mick has the training to know how to do that. Um, I, while I'm aware of it, I don't have the training necessarily to always be able to do that on my own, right? I'm very focused in, in other parts of, of, of helping people. But um, Mick, thank you for that example because that's just, that's so powerful. And if people can really get a grasp on, on that, you know, I think that, I think that going through this um, can really, they can really see it as a blessing and a time to regroup and reprioritize where they are in their lives and what's important in their lives and learn how to live more in the present moment because I feel like you know so many people more than not um, have gotten stuck living in their past or or living in their future um, and not really living in the present moment and that's created a big situation of where we are today beautiful nicely said and remember anxiety is code for fear that's what that stuff means. So fear resurrects to faith. And what you did was you went through a process, you sat down, you got, you got back into neutral. Nice. And um, just made it okay. But you're having that experience and you, your peace returns. So, you know, fear is, is, is like the default state. It's when we don't speak what we really choose, fear's what happens. And <laughs> So it resurrects into our mustard seed of faith uh, just by touching it with love, saying, hey, I got some fear going on. That's okay. Thank you, fear. You help me remember my big whopping ass mustard seed. Of, kidding. Yeah. You help me remember my big mustard seed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all that it takes. Just to have, it's cool. You got some fear. Why? Why do you have fear? I feel like it's a, I feel like being uncomfortable if you're living in the moment, if you feel uncomfortable, that is, the, you know, the universe's way of showing you what step to take next. Kind of like if you a put signal. your finger on the fire, you know, if you put your finger on the stove by accident, okay, and you know, I mean, obviously if it's a gas stove, you're gonna notice that the fire is on, but like I've got an electric stove, can't always tell if it's hot. If you put your finger on it, that discomfort tells you what to do next so that you can go in the right direction. And the right direction is to pull your finger away from the heat. And so it's the same thing. Like when you have that fear, you have the anxiety, you have the doubt, um, instead of being afraid of the feeling, sit with it and ask yourself, what is this showing me that I need to do next? Because your, your heart and your subconscious and your innate, it knows what to do. That's God inside you. God you know, it, it's, it's telling you what to do, right? If you'll just sit with it and don't be so afraid to sit down and embrace the feeling. You know, we're always taught to bury it, shove it away, get busier with work so we don't have to think about it. And, 
here, that's the universe trying to say, hey, or God trying to say, hey, I'm trying to talk to you, but you're not listening to it. You're just like burying it with your work or you're burying it. You know, you're just trying not to think about it. Isn't that right, Meg? Yes. It, yeah, it's just all, it's a game. Yeah, yeah. Raise your hand if you were raised by two conscious, loving parents who chose you, invited you in, and were there every step of the way and taught you what your feelings really mean and what they turn into for you. Raise your hand. Me neither. So, <laughs> well, you know, everything that I've judged as weakness in my life, I found 100% be true is my greatest strengths. All of it. So and my parents are a perfect example. When my coach asked me about my dad, he's like, tell me about your dad. I'm like, uh, he was an alcoholic and he died when I was 11. Okay. <laughs> he goes, was your dad ever, uh, ever emotionally available for you? I was like, no, I can't think of one time. He's like, okay, cool. Um, how many kids do you have? I'm like, four. He's like, cool. Uh, did you leave your family? No, I stayed in my family. Cool. Are you an alcoholic? No. I don't want to say sober because I have a beer every now and then. And so I'm not an alcoholic. He's like, cool. Uh, so is it possible you learned all that from your dad? Huh. That's exactly what happened. So I hang on to what's true. My father taught me the best way he knew how. The best way he knew how was by showing me what not to do. I can forgive that. That's a game changer for me. He was just operating where he was in life, not who he was. And he's my lineage. I'm half my father. So anything I make wrong about him, I make wrong about me. Yikes. I know. It's okay. I was a little weird when I heard that too. So... <clears throat> You know, my dad had given me all this wonderful gifts and I'm, I may be the first person in my lineage to wake up and say, hey, we can have all our dreams. We can. I can have all my dreams. I forgive you all the lineage that said we couldn't. I forgive the lineage of addiction. Brings me to my sober, my clarity. That's amazing. Thank you for, for sharing that. that. that I feel that's like, the tool. That's a resurrection. Yeah. Feeling, feeling or changing our perspectives, um, you know, changing the way that we see things can completely change our life inside and out. Um, we've got about 20 minutes left and I'm wondering, do we want to, what do you want to do? All of you listening. I'll, you, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I volunteer to facilitate anyone that chooses to be facilitated. Yeah. Do you guys want to run through um, an actual like facilitation process? Maybe somebody has something that, you know, he can kind of, you know, like help you to work through it. Um, we could do that or we could just, you know, keep it go in a different direction and we can just do some Q and a on some stuff. Um, but I, I felt like this was a really important topic. Um, we've been talking about a lot of stuff lately, like medical stuff and supplements and the science behind it and taking care of your immune system and modulating stress. 
but um, this is a part of modulating stress and changing your life in a really, really big way. And I wanted to offer some support. And so, you know, um, you know, please continue to give us your feedback. Uh, we're, we're wanting to hit all the bases here. And all of us here on, on the Modern Holistic Health team, we all felt, you know, um, we all felt like this was important to bring this to you. Um, and, you know, again, Mick talks at a very high level, but it's about, it's about changing our perspective and understanding, you know, how we can, um, how we can pull ourselves out of the rut by, you know, changing our words and understanding how our past experiences and then our current thoughts can actually affect us in a very negative way. So if you guys want, if, if somebody wants to, uh, if you guys want to hang out during a facilitation process, um, raise your hand or actually, do we have a hand to raise down here? <laughs> no, there's not a hand to raise. Um, can you guys go into the chat? and say if anybody, if you guys want to do that. I see a yes, like, please, from Veronica. From Veronica. So, Veronica, before we uh, choose you, can I chat a little bit about you? And we don't have to do that, but if you're going to do some facilitation, that would but, be no, really great. Okay. It's better if you don't. It's better if I don't. Okay. Well, then let's don't. Um, I'll just say that I'm really glad that Veronica's doing this. And that's all I'm going to say. So let's, uh, let's go through the process together then. Cool. Let me give a brief explanation of what facilitation. The word just simply means to make difficult things easy. So hello, Veronica. Uh, do I have your permission to facilitate you on whatever topic you choose? Yes. Cool. And do I have your permission to see perfection? Yes. Nice. Cool. There's so, a little background. Uh, Hold on. There's a little background music, Veronica. Is there any way oh. for you to turn that off? Yes. Give me one second. Okay. Love music. Okay. Sorry about that. Sorry no worries. About that. It's okay. Um, and I'll, I'll be real specifically uh, with you. Can, do you have video, Veronica? Yes. You, you choose to turn it off? No, there it is. Hey, all right, nice. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm just gonna ask that your yes be yes and your no be no. This is very important. Okay. Cool? Who yes. said that? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. It was in the Bible. Yes, cool. And what do you say after that? I don't remember. If you're, if you're in the middle, I spit you out. Okay. So, but what, he, what he's saying is there is, it's, it's kind of like, will you marry me? And somebody goes, uh-huh. It's just not going to work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you going to the party? I'm going to try. Uh, yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. Cool. All right. So what's going on? Um. Well, I've been dealing with anxiety, kind of like Dr. Villanueva was talking about, um, the, like serious to the point where um, about six years ago, I think it hit me again, because it actually started like 23 years ago, um, that I can remember that it was bad to where it was debilitating. And then six years ago, it came back again. Um, I was, I went through a divorce, I got laid off. And then all of a sudden it just hit me 
like a year after my divorce and I couldn't get myself to leave my house, not even to go outside to the mailbox. Um, and then I tried doing, you know, little things here and there. And I tried a therapist and I was like, and she did try to get me to go back to like when I was little. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what this matters. Like this doesn't even matter. And I just kind of wasn't really, you know, into it. And I guess in a sense, and I was like, as ah, a waste of time, I'm not even going to keep doing this. And, and then I slowly, like now I can drive to work, which is like three minutes. Well, I don't drive. Someone drives me to work. <laughs> like three minutes away and back. And that's it. Like just down the street, back home, down the street, back home. That's as far as I go. Um, my, one of my friends is like, I'm going to try to get you to go somewhere else, a restaurant, something. And on my birthday on February 13th, they tried to get me to go get my driver's license renewed. It was like the worst. I literally went maybe two miles and I freaked out and I just started bawling and I'm like I can't take me back home and she was like no you'll be okay just look at the grass look at something else distract yourself I'm like no like I just felt like I was gonna have this panic attack and I was gonna be stuck somewhere again because that's what happened to me six years ago I was driving home and I had a panic attack and I pulled over at the at the emergency room but I couldn't get myself to go in the emergency room but I couldn't get myself to leave so I was there for like three hours until a friend of mine came and picked me up. So it, it was, um, oh my God, I don't even want to cry. It was really emotional for me. And that kept bringing back that feeling. And I'm like, I don't want to do that again. Okay. So, yeah. That's All right. where I'm at right now. <laughs> and uh, how old are you when this first happened? Do you remember? Um, when I first had anxiety, I was 19. I had twin girls. Um, it was an emergency C-section. I was 27 weeks pregnant. But of course, everybody kept saying it was postpartum stuff. And it, nobody ever told me it was anxiety until like a year later. Um, however, when I was dealing with this therapist, she was asking me questions of my childhood, like when I was born and conceived. And so I had called my mom and my mom didn't want to tell me very much. Um, but my sister, my older sister told me she remembers me being that way when I was little because our mom would leave us a lot. And um, she said I would cry and I didn't want to be, you know, left behind. And when my older sister, who's five years older than me, would try to spend the night with her friends, I would cry until she came back home. Cool. So you've got early memories of being abandoned? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, yes. Definitely. And um, have you been expressing any other symptoms in your body or diagnosis or anything like that? Yes. Um, all at the same time, I started having um, gastrointestinal issues. And that same year, I ended up having gallbladder stones and getting my gallbladder removed. Um, and then I started having issues with eating certain foods. And ever since then, it's just like, I feel like everything's been happening. You know, I have muscle aches here and there. Um, my diet is very limited now because everything will eventually, you know, give me stomach upset, even lettuce at times. So, um, 
So it's very, it's just been a lot of uh, changes since then. Do you, um, was your dad around? No, very little. I, I do have uh, little memories of my dad. Um, it's funny when you mentioned about your dad being an alcoholic and he passed away when you were 11. My dad died when I was 11. And the memory that I have of him was when I was little, I don't remember how old I was, but he came to see me and he gave me his beer to take a drink out of his beer. Like, I remember that. That's all I really remember about my dad. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I'm thankful for my uncle. You know, everybody's got to have an uncle that does that, not a dad. Yeah. So it's okay. <clears throat> um, okay, so I'm, I'm just painting a picture here. And why was your mom gone all the time? Um, I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out. <laughs> well, was she uh, working? Was she partying? What was she doing? I think both. Okay. Um, I remember she would go out with her friends a lot. And then like the other times, um, also when I was a child, I had a heart condition. And so I remember my sister having to take care of me and then she would find my mom somehow. I don't remember how, but she would like call her friends and eventually get a hold of my mom somewhere. So I don't really know where she was a lot of the time. I just know she wasn't there. Um, but we lived with my grandma and my grandma's brother. And they were like the ones who made sure we had food and ate and because we didn't have food um, very much uh, when we were little. So I don't really know what my mom was doing. <laughs> okay. All right. What was she, was she uh, being the mother that you required her to be? No. 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 She was uh, verbally and physically abusive as we were, when we were kids. Okay. Mm -hmm. And... <clears throat> Uh, are you that way with your kids? No. Okay. <laughs> you might know where I'm going with that one. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote that down when you said it about your dad. I said, my mom showed me what, what not to do with my kids. Right. Yeah. And it's okay. And I left out some of the part that what I did, because uh, what, what, what my parents modeled for me, love is hard, marriage is hard. And so I had all, you know, love and marriage. I had that stuff all hooked up with hard. Right. Or painful. And um, so what I did, with the, a lot of the actions I took are what they didn't do. There's a little bit I'll show you mothers. Literally. Right. Okay. There's a little bit of that going on. So I was doing different than what they did, but I wasn't. I wasn't really choosing what I really choose. That's called, so I was doing it because I hated the way they did it. That's called working in vain. Right. Okay. And uh, it's okay. The pain of working in vain wakes me up to my real choice. And you've already seen one thing. So do you, are you there for your kids? I thought I was. Um, however, uh, about three or four weeks ago, I was going through a difficult time and I was crying. And my oldest son, who is now 26, um, he came up to me and he asked me if I was okay. And I, for some reason, I have it stuck in my head. I don't like for people to see me cry. Like it's like a sign of weakness. And I think it has to do from when I was little. 
um, because I kind of remember that where they would always make me feel like I was a crybaby or something, you know? Yeah, well, if you cried, you got in trouble for it? Yes. Yeah. And so um, when he saw me, I tried to hide it. And, and I said, yeah, I'm fine. And then he said, he opened his arms to me, like, come here and give me a hug. And I said, what do you want? And I felt weird. And I thought, okay, why am I feeling? So when he went to hug me, I just hugged him and I was going to let go really quickly, you know, like a, okay, thank you. And walk off. And he just held me there. And I thought, why does this feel weird? And then I realized that, you know, one of the things my mom did with us, she was never um, emotional with us, but she always kind I remember her saying like, you know, for my, like my kids have to respect me. They have to fear me to respect me. I always remember her saying those things. And then I started thinking, that's what I did with my kids without the, the, you know, the physical and the verbal abuse, but I still kind of kept them at a distance emotionally, you know, the pattern, the pattern remains, right? It's okay. Because we're just doing it in the knot. We're doing it in the vein. We're not doing what we really choose. And so, or anything we hate that we haven't touched with love yet is staying and it's going to get bigger and bigger until we wake up to it. And I'm, I'm going to come from this perspective. So <clears throat> I believe that I existed before I got here. Christ said he knew me before he formed me in the womb. That's what I stand on to know. I existed before this place. And the big me, the one who's made in the image, I believe I chose my parents. And the bigger the signal we choose, the faster track we're on. And then what's the track? The track is to forgiveness. And what were your mom's parents like? Um, <laughs> well, my mom, I have a weird history. So my mom's real mother was my grandmother's niece. And she had her when she was 16. I'm going to yeah. think about that later. I know. It, it's weird. So <laughs> I guess my, my, and my sister and I were talking about this last night, but my sister said, when my mom was three years old, I mean, three days old, her real mom gave her to her aunt to raise. So who we knew as our grandmother, I mean, was in our family, but wasn't, you know, my mother's uh, real mom. But I do remember my mother's real mom in the picture, like when we were teenagers, I remember her coming around and, um, I, I remember her, she was a really mean person. <laughs> I do remember that. She was very angry and, and always mean um, when she came around. I don't even know if she's still alive, but um, that's all that I know. And okay. I was, I was kind of touching on that with my sister thinking, you know, without my mom realizing, I think she also had those abandonment issues that she kind of portrayed on us, you know, without even putting you know without realizing what she was doing and if i go back to grandma it's the same pattern right this may have been going on for thousands of years i know what wow that's <laughs> to do with me 
This is my lineage. You could be up. This could be your, this is your time now to raise this and forgiving it all in the lineage right. of uh, an illusion that the mothers don't want their children. Right. Okay. And is it possible your mom didn't know what to do with you? Yeah. Is it possible she was operating in a very narrow field doing the best that she possibly could for you? Yep, that's true. Okay. And was it enough for you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't answer for you, but no. Yeah. You know, it's cool, and we just feel that. My mom did not love me the way I required to be loved. It's true. Is that her really? Is that really what she chooses? I don't believe. She, I don't believe it is. No, no, he, no mother. There is no mother like that. They've only chosen because they're operating in illusion. They think this is the best that could be. Like my kids gotta fear me. This is survival stuff. Right. Come down the pipe. Since Adam and Eve chose survival, they chose right and wrong. And when we choose right and wrong, it's a heavy deal. So you can look at that and say, okay, that experience is against me. Or what does this turn into for me? And it's okay. So, hey, I, I brought some of these patterns with my, to my kids. And I can raise them right now inside me. Because when we do this in ourselves, it raises automatically in our children. This is power of the sperm and egg. When they commit, and you were, and trust me, you were conceived in pure love. Even if it was just for a minute. Okay? You can't get in the planet any other way. It's your ticket in. There had to be love, there had to be love present a drop for a minute and that's who we are that's how we get in and when we come in we're here to experience all these things for the purpose of loving them and forgiving them and raising them and making new choice to what we really choose and god promised me that he'd give me the desires of my heart so he must know the desires of my heart and i believe they're pre-agreed on Hey, Mahan, you're going to be born in the May this family. The it's a little bit crazy, okay? The dad's an alcoholic. The mom's a genius, but she has no, she's got love and heart hooked up. You're going to be here to experience that fully, all the pain of that for the purpose of raising it. Maybe we all really do go through a cross process, and it's through our feeling world. And Christ felt it all. You didn't complain. Hey, Crown of Thorns, you want some, uh, you want a painkillers? No, nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and didn't say anything and then had the pres the consciousness to say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. There's a clue there. Mm -hmm. They know the not. They're operating in hate. It's okay. I forgive them. 
And we can we have this power inside us to forgive what cannot be forgiven. So we choose to understand. When I understand my mom and dad, I can forgive them. And plus, it's very important for me to see them as children. I imagine my parents as children and someone doing the same thing to them. Mm-hmm. Well, that made it a lot easier for me to forgive them. And it's, it's okay. Yeah, I had twins when I was 19. I chose it. Because that's how I do. And I love my children. I wake up to my big love, my big mother inside me. No, you need the whole thing. And it's okay. I grew up in a house where I didn't know what was going to happen from day to day, maybe. Did you have you had the rug pulled out from on you under you a few times? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Life's little surprises. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. And that's, you know, you created fear because that's the not, no one told you how to love. And that's anxiety. It's fear. It's okay. Why do I have fear? Well, I have, well, I have my experience. And now I, this fear is no longer required. I can wake up to my mustard seed of faith. I can. I can have my life the way I love it. And if I'm only going to go two miles from my house, I'm only going two miles from my house. <laughs> okay. You could do more, but make it, make all that okay. Hey, I've had this experience and I'm waking up to it. I'm observing it now. I wake up to these patterns. And that wakes you up to your big, loving mother and you give that to yourself on your inner first it's okay mom it's okay dad i know you weren't around and i can have my divine partner do you how are you married veronica no you can have your dream man or whatever My mom and dad didn't know how to partner. And I forgive myself for hating my experience. It's okay, you hated it. And I, I, I jumped ahead. Did you hate it? <laughs> 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 and I know no. we're running out of time here. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, so what's, what, what's new and different for you now? You have, um, your, you have your love for your kids inside you. You've given yourself your mother's love. And now you're talking to your kids sometime in the future. What are they saying to you, Veronica? Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. this is, what's this, we're going to use our imagination here. This is where our heart speaks. Uh, um, they're thanking me for changing the pattern. Okay, be more specific. How'd you change the pattern? Uh, by opening up to them, by helping them understand where we came from, I guess, in a sense. Yes. Um, where our actions came from. Um, cool, what else are they saying? They're saying, thank you, mom? Yes, they're saying thank you for uh, for allowing, giving them the freedom to also open up and share 
and not being afraid to share their feelings and that's about them that's cool that's a nice thing to hear okay that's yeah. beautiful what else are they saying to you they're just saying something to you simple what are they saying that they love me yes how you feel about that <laughs> it makes me want to cry <laughs> good <laughs> wet the sponge yeah. good and what and 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 so they're feeling your love what are you feeling back from them all right so yeah. you're feeling their love what do they know about you how are they able to give you their love what do they feel inside them um they feel respect for me um for you but i'm talking about what do they feel from you oh they feel love for me too oh ding ding <laughs> so beautiful so so that's a beautiful decree for you say i have my children's love and my children have my love big one and you feel i mean don't say anything i say just to say it yeah it's words that are spoken and feeling are the ones that move create miracles in front of your face this is awesome yes just the power of you. You're just remembering who you are. I'm forgiving my experiences. I'm here to experience it. I may have chose this. Okay. And I can wake up to this pattern. My children are fully loved and desired and they know it. Oh, that's awesome. Just you saying that. And they're going to wake up to some new love about you. You watch. You be on the lookout for a miracle. Thank you. Somebody's going to say something to you along these lines. It's going to be awesome. This is amazing. Thank you so much for this. You're welcome. And if you choose to do a little bit more with me, you're welcome to call me or talk to me. Um, yes, you're all you're all welcome to reach out. Uh, we'll make sure that um, that we pop his contact information into the chat box. Um, I have a, a longtime friend and client of mine, um, Sharon, who made a really beautiful uh, message in the chat. She says, thank you for, for your help relating to your experience with your parents' lessons that we learned from them. Forgiveness is monumental in healing my body. Um, and she's been working on emotional as well as physical practices. Uh, thank you for your support and help for all of us. How can I set up a private session? I oh, have awesome. to leave the meeting now. Grateful for these sessions. We love you, Sharon. Thank you for being here. Um, I've been, you know, we've been together for a long time, and Sharon is just an amazing soul, and she's had so much growth and so much healing that has occurred over the last, what, four years, Sharon? But um, it, it looks like this could be another, another opportunity uh, for her to, um, you know, to go to the next phase in her healing so how can people reach you mick um you can go to my website which is www do you say that part uh, it's on the interweb uh, <laughs> you're like hey this is a internet savvy group um I, dr mick at myhighestchoice.com or www.myhighestchoice.com there we go. I got it. Dr. Mick at myhighestchoice.com. Yes. Beautiful. Right. Thank you. 
And uh, you can even call my cell is 281-813-2519. There you go. And you got can book it. direct on my website too. I got all that fancy stuff. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. And Veronica, you're such a doll. Yes. And um, nice um, I love, I love Veronica very much. And uh, um, I got a chance. We started chatting the two of us a couple of years ago and, um, and uh, we had a lot of similar experiences um, as a single mom. So my heart has always been connected to you, Veronica. Um, so, okay. Well, I think that uh, you guys got a little bit of an experience of how you can walk through these things, identify the, the negative pattern or belief. And then once you can identify that, then you've got all the power over it, right? You just gotta figure out what it is. And then, you know, and then you can rewrite that pattern or belief in a way that's gonna serve you and be a blessing to you. So you don't always have to be held back by these things. But again, you know, try to figure out what it is. Sometimes can be elusive for us if we don't have that kind of training or we don't have, um, you know, somebody like a coach to help, to help walk us through that, to help identify that. And so um, thanks for joining us today. We love you guys. Please stay in touch with us on Crusaders for Health. Uh, Debbie, Kitty, Annette, Sally, Pam, Gloria, Jessica, Tracy Johnson, Carol, Lauren. There's so many of you here today. Thank you so much. Um, and we've got uh, a special treat on Friday, um, I believe. And is it, it's Dr. Tom, right? So Dr. Tom O'Brien, he's authored many, many books. He is one of my mentors. Um, he has uh, written The Autoimmune Fix, different books on brain health. Um, he's known around the world. Um, and he is, I would say he's, you know, one of the top practitioners in uh, functional medicine. He's also on staff at, um, I believe, at the Institute for Functional Medicine, too. Um, yeah, the guy is just amazing and i reached out to him and said hey tom um you know this is what i'm doing and we're wanting to be um of service to everybody and just you know have everybody come together in their living room or wherever they are every day i mean twice a week and hang out with us and let's like share some stuff that you know that that we can share to help enrich their lives and help them through this time. And he said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. So he's going to be joining us. Um, he'll be out of the country. So I don't know where he is exactly uh, right now. So I don't know if he'll be in a different time zone, but definitely tune in on Friday. If you know of Dr. Tom O'Brien, you do not want to miss this. If you don't know of Tom O'Brien, you need to go online and you need to look this guy up. He's absolutely amazing. Um, he's really pioneered. Um, he's really pioneered the field of, uh, of functional medicine when it comes to working with autoimmune diseases and stuff. The guy's absolutely a genius. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Great Bye. group. Thank you.